Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. so thankful, Lord, that you've brought us this far. And Lord, you are a miracle worker. This is your house, but this is our His house. He's building it. Jesus said, in fact, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. When you join with God in building your local church, guess what? You are optimized, empowered in all your life. When you join with the cause of Christ, when you join with the cause of Christ, um, all of a sudden you make headway. You advance your life. Your life becomes bigger. You begin to love people, the unlovable. But also everything in your world becomes bigger because, again, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against that church that builds his house. Jesus is building his church through you people. Jesus said, I will build it, but he actually builds it through people. That's you and I. Now we can say today, look, this is all great. These people, they're doing great stuff. But look, I've got enough building of my own. I've got my own house, my own family, my own children. But can I tell you, you're big enough You're resourceful enough, and God inside you is big enough to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. This is how we've got ourselves here so far. I want to tell you a little story about David, King David, where he said, after being delivered from his enemies, he was living in his palatial palace. I've got a nice house. But something come over me years ago where I said, Jesus, I want to build you a church. And I think I'll find enough people who have that heart to build that church. And we did. But then God said something. And I want to tell you exactly what God said. Is that cool? So, Father, right now, I just pray for this house to feel the love of God. And everyone in this house to feel the power of God and the love of God. Each precious soul is valuable, destined for great things. Don't sell yourself short, my friend. You are born for greatness. You are born to connect and join with and engage the greatest mission, plan, project, whatever you call it. I believe we're born to see this nation, but the nations saved and blessed and changed, transformed in Jesus' name. Who believes that? Amen. (laughs) And how can you do it? I don't know. It's amazing. There was a story about Mr. and Mrs. Littlebit. They had some Littlebit kids. Had a Littlebit dog, and they lived on Littlebit Street. Near Littlebit Mountain, a man turned up and heard all these great exploits from Mr. and Mrs. Littlebit. And this journalist said to Mr. Littlebit, how did you do it? And he said, every little bit counts. 
It's a touching story. <laughs> but let me tell you more. God bless you. You can take a seat. Give the Lord a hand. Worship team, you did so well. <laughs> you did so well. People underestimate what they can do and what they can give for the Lord. And um, it's one of the tragedies of life that we um, don't realize. I, I want to tell you um, from 1 Chronicles 17, uh, 1 to 27, but I'm not going to be able to read all that. And I, I want to tell you something of our story. 17 years ago, we started the church. Uh, we were attending church, Julie and I, my family, and um, we, we just were doing great. And I was working and I was you know, trying to build my own house, basically, and uh, I just had this almost passion, but burdened, and uh, I felt my mission, and it is a man's mission to provide and protect his family, but then I had an encounter with God in 93, Julie and I and my family, we had an encounter with God, and then it all changed, our world becomes so much bigger, realizing that God was up to something on this planet, far more than just the local church in the sense of just attending church and walking away from church and living our own life, that in fact God was on a mission to save this planet, to heal and bless and restore and, and just let this planet be blessed. And Julie and I we really were smitten by that. We basically, I think that conference was called the Mack Truck Encounter Conference. And, we, and, that, and that certainly happened for us. We had a Mack Truck Encounter with God and uh, we've never been the same since. 1 Chronicles uh, 17, I'll just start off with a couple of verses, in fact, I think, uh, media team, and then I'll try and paraphrase from, the, from there. If I could just have 1 Chronicles 17, verse 1. You can turn there, God bless you. And these are very... And David, so David, King David, the Goliath killer, but now king, he's, he's won all these battles and he's living as a king in a palatial palace. It says this, after David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a palace of cedar while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is in a tent. We were in a tent five years. We were in a tent on this property. <laughs> it's hard to believe when we were setting the tent up, someone asked me, how long are you going to be in this tent? Uh, and I said, uh, stupidly, I said, one year. Five years later, in the end, the roof was so tattered from hail, it was leaking. People would hold umbrellas up uh, to read their Bibles, and it was cold in the winter. It was hot in the summer, and uh, it was, man, I value shelter from that experience because I know these elements can half and puff, and a, even a flood can come through this place, and guess what? This place is a refuge. They, in fact, the council said, actually, this is quite good that you're building this because if the houses and, the, and the, um, the retired, the nursing home, because I get in trouble when I call it the old people's home. They go, no, it's not, don't call it that. The nursing home, that if the river rises and they need to escape and uh, they actually can find their way here uh, to this house. Uh, Noah's Ark, is it? So... 
Um, Okay, I'll stop there with that scripture. So David's been delivered from his, his enemies. And in his heart, he wants to build God a house for his presence. In his heart, he says to Nathan, do you know what? It's in my heart to build God a house. And Nathan says, good idea, David, good idea. Nathan um, goes to sleep that night, has an encounter with God. God says to him, tell David this, that he's not going to build it, that I'm going to build it. And in fact, your son's going to build it. Solomon is going to build it. And in fact, if you read continually through that whole chapter, God infers that he will build a perpetual house, a perpetual kingdom, and it's the church. He actually says that all those years ago. He said, you're going to build a house, the temple, and Jesus is going to, he's going to find his way there, my son, but my son will inaugurate, he will, he will found a people, a church that will populate the whole earth. And it will be a place of his presence. So if you're first time in this type of church, one of the key things for a type of church like this is, is not mere routine of programs and preaching the word, which is profound, but it's this, it's the presence of God. And David wanted to build a temple that was that could harness the presence of God. But then Nathan says, God's saying, it's not your house. It's his house. And I want to take it up from there. So let's have a look at Psalm uh, 103, verse 19, where he keeps inferring, it's my kingdom, it's my house. It's his house, but it's our home. Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne. Psalm 103, verse 19 says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Psalm 145, verse 11, they will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. So it's always his. It's his house. It's our home. Verse 11, they will tell of your glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. I love how this church has started because I believe the legacy of this church in its pioneering, that it didn't come easy, that we just didn't buy a building and it was, we just turned up and set it up. No, we struggled, we strived, we sweated, we, we did crazy stuff. And that is going to be told to the next generation, that life doesn't come easy, that breakthrough doesn't come easy. Verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises. That's what we've called vision builders this, um, this year. The theme is his promises. The Lord is faithful and we've seen that to his promises, loving toward all he has made. The point there I want to make is sons. David's son, Solomon, built the temple. Jesus' son, Father God's son, Jesus, started the church. 
founded the church, birthed the church. He built, he is building the church. But then the local church is built through sons. Sons commit to building the house of God. Sons and daughters. Sons build. They have a sense of, I want to support the local church. I want to build the local church. Sons do that. Um, just to qualify that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 to 9, and for the sake of time, just that. So you see that it is men of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Say, sons of Abraham. They're the ones that seemingly... Uh, build the house of God, sons of Abraham, sons build and commit to the house of God. 1 Chronicles 29 verse 1, and I think I will read some of this, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 1. So here's David now, he's been told, David, this is good you want to build, but in fact your son's going to build. And so David now is saying in this chapter, further along in the story, in chapter 29, He's saying, well, if that's the case, I want to lead by example. And you've seen as a leader of the, of, the, of the kingdom then, as a king, he's saying, I'm going to lead as an example. I'm going to give all I can. And I think it's only right that the leaders should lead by example. Is that right? And so for all the years in the life of this church, I know the best and most sacrificial giving has been done by the leaders, including Pastor Julie and Phil. We've led from the front. We've done crazy stuff. You know our story, what we've done. We, we used the equity in our home. And um, just to see this house get where it is took, I want to say here personally, in terms of the pioneering families, an astronomical, sacrificial lifestyle of year in, year out. Not just one-off, but continually, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out. Not just, this is not a fad for us. This is a lifestyle. We'll go to the grave. We'll, We'll take our last breath knowing that we've done what God's called us to do. And this will be our our greatest pleasure, our greatest satisfaction will be getting into old age, knowing that we have agreed with heaven to build his church. It's the saddest thing when we get to an old age and we realize that we have abdicated maybe our calling in life, abdicated some virtue to love people, to forgive people. My God, it wasn't that big. I should have forgave them. I should have let that thing go. Man, now I'm going to heaven. Now I'm going to be with God. That, that, that crummy, stinking, uh, you know, issue I had, it wasn't worth it. Everything gets put in perspective in the presence of God. And seemingly when you get yourself in the presence of God, church becomes very important. When you get out of the presence of God, church is not important. It is just a building. David had this. He realized he was... He was relieved of his enemies. His enemies were dealt with by the hand of God. Can can you feel that for your own life? Who's saved in the church and right now realizing that I'm blessed? That I'm blessed. Look, I have to be honest. I went through a shopping center. I don't want to tell you the suburb where it was because I know some of you people live near it. But it wasn't Wyong. I'll give you that clue. 
It was due south. Okay, there's another clue. But somehow, I ended up in this shopping center. Okay, I'll give you another clue. It was near the Pacific Highway. And Julie and I had, had to kill an hour, and we, we said, well, why don't we shop at this Coles? Well, there's another clue. There's too many clues now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, the first person I saw walk out, I swear he was a mass murderer. I've worked with juvenile offenders. I've worked with people who have done crime, and I know that, I know that spirit, and it freaked me out. And then as I began to walk through that shopping center, oh, my God, I was grieved. I was assaulted by people who were bankrupt of life and health. People's health was failing all around me. People were just, just spent forces. Jesus does this one thing for us. He gives us dignity of life. And you don't have to walk around like you are just garbage. You should be able to walk around with your head held up high, knowing that you're a decent citizen at least, that you're not on the take, that you're not a con artist, that you're not a crim, and that you're not broken down on immorality. And as I walked through that shopping center, I realized, my God, everyone I'm walking by needs a miracle. They need the gospel. And what we're doing through the life of the church is trying our best to reach all those people and to give them good news, that they can be saved from their enemies of sin and death. Jesus took the keys of sin and death. Amen? You don't have to be oppressed and burdened and cursed by sin and death. You can live free. And it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And I'm looking at people who are set free. I'm looking at people who are blessed beyond comprehension. You don't know it. You're going, this is nice. I think I got this myself living. No, you didn't. Christ gave you that glean in your eye. Christ gave you eternal life. Christ gave you your health. And if you haven't got that, you can have it through Christ. At the end of this, maybe this service this morning, you can get saved all over again. But as I walked through that shopping center, I thought to myself, my God, this is how real what we're doing. We need to reach those people. For God's sake, for Christ's sake, we need to reach so many more people. It's not fair that we only have this eternal life. So David has this, he has this heart to build God a church. Who has a heart to build a church? Sons get it. Sons and daughters of God get it. And it's those ones who build. So David, he wants to build a temple, in fact. And David says this. He says, this is how radical it is. 1 Chronicles 29 verse 1 says, Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. Julie and I felt like that. We're going to build a church. Who are we? We have, man, we've hardly even been to Bible college. You know, how can we build a house of God? The task is great because the palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. Say, Lord God. It's for the Lord God to come and to reach his people. 
with all my resources. Say, all my resources. I have provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, and he goes on and on and on. All of these in large quantities. Verse 3, besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give. Besides to my devotion in the tithe, I'm going to give offerings to the Lord. This is what this is about. Besides in my devotion to the temple of my God, my tithe to the Lord, my worship to the Lord, my serving heart to the Lord, now I give my personal treasures of gold and and silver for the temple of my God. Over and above everything I have provided for the holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold, gold of over, silver, 1,000 talents of refined silver for the out overlaying of the walls of the building, for the gold work and the silver work and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now, who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? This is what's built this house. People that have consecrated themselves. All the years that I've known this church, all the years that I've known, it's people who have given sacrificially, willingly, joyfully to this church are those people who have consecrated themselves to the Lord God. It does take a consecration. Verse 6, then the leaders of the families, like I said, it should start from the leaders. It should start from the front row all the way back. The officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of the thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave, say, willingly. They gave toward the work on the temple of God, 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18 thousand talents of bronze. This is a huge offering, man. <laughs> and a hundred thousand talents of iron. Verse 8, and any who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord. We've actually had people give rings, give watches, give items that have, of value into the offering because they don't have cash. And chickens too. That's a, an old story. But we had a young girl and she was almost living on the street. She loved pet animals. She was all of seven or eight at the time. You know who she is. Uh, she's, by the way, yeah, it's a great story. Her, fa- her mother died of alcoholic poisoning. The first place that we started this church was in Cutler Drive in Wyong. And we started in the Wyong Primary School Hall. And uh, a couple of the first children we ever had in this church was... Um, the girl I'm talking about, who I won't mention, and I can mention this young man, he's awesome, Nathan Deves at the back of the house. I think he was all of eight or nine, and uh, he's married, he's, uh, expecting, they're expecting their third child, and um, both these young children really meant something to our church. They were children that were spending a lot of time on the street, they came into the house of the Lord, the house of love, and they found love, they found God eventually. And particularly this young girl is an amazing story. Man, she could have went any direction. But I believe God blessed her and loved her. And now she's married, living in the Blue Mountains with her, is it, okay, is it third, second child? And uh, living in a house and living a great, decent life. But she came this first morning that we started the church back in 1996. And she came with a big red chook a big red chicken, and she sat on the front row, and we're going, oh my God, this is unusual. Bible college didn't tell us that people would be sitting in church with big red chickens, but um, it was awesome, and it became a long-standing joke. But look, we've received all things. 
they gave toward the work. At verse 8, any who had precious stones, I said that. Verse 9, the people rejoiced at the willing responses of their leaders. And we should, we should rejoice at what your leaders of C3 Tugger have done over the years. For they have given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor to everything in heaven and in earth is yours. It's all his anyway, people of God. The earth is his. Our finances are his. Our life is his. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Now, here's the important part, verse 12. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I? And we would have said this over and over again. But who is C3 Tugra? We're not a huge church, but we're a people that love God. And we're a people collectively who stand united. And, and, and believe together, and pull together, serve together, and give together. We've always been like that. We have a high propensity of, uh, I think, of the people that give in this church is like up, way up compared to way down like it is in some churches. Most of the people of this house commit to this house. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Amen. We are aliens and strangers in your sight, and we're all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope. I'm saying, man, just lay hold of the opportunity, even as you're young and you think you're going to live forever. You, you know, as you get to my age, you realize, oh, my God. I could have missed out on doing so much more. This is the time to engage God. Oh, Lord, oh, God, for, for all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things have I've given willingly and with honest intent, and now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. O Lord God of our fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep this desire in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion and give my sons of C3 Tugra devotion to keep your commands, requirements, and decrees, and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, praise the Lord, your God. So they all praise the Lord like we did this morning. The God of their fathers, they bowed low and fell prostrate before the Lord, the King. So this morning, we're going to come with our pledge. And Our hearts have been stirred for all this month towards why we give. We give for the facilities, but we give for the mission that's local, the high schools, the marketplace, but we give for the nations. In particular, we believe that Africa is becoming a focus, and uh, I pray that you can see that. The leaders have given first. They've led by example. We're going to believe everyone in the house will follow suit. Uh, Ephesians 2.19, in the message, I love this, in Ephesians 2.19, 
God is building a home and He is using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what He is building. The great joy is that everyone can be included. That it's not how, it's not trying to give like everyone else does as the leaders give, but it certainly is giving what you can. It's equal sacrifice, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. Does that make sense? It's, it's a sacrifice not to eat too, many, too much McDonald's, few less DVDs, few less items for yourself. It's a sacrifice to be able to give to the house of God. It truly is, but it's worth it. Um, and I love this scripture also. 1 Peter 2, 9, 10 says, But you are the, the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference He made for you from the night and day difference He has made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. I talked about Nehemiah last week and how people, when they got their focus back, they were able to rebuild the walls. Nehemiah was a great leader, and he said, these walls around Jerusalem, why are they broken down and you're open to invasion? No, we need to see those. And so this great leader, Nehemiah, who depended on God and prayed to God, he said, you know what? We can do this. We can rebuild these walls. We can build this. We can build this. And in Nehemiah, it says this. Nehemiah 2, verse 18, chapter 2, verse 18, I told them how the hand of my God had been favorable to me and also about the king's words which had was spoken to me. Then they said, let us arise and build. So they put their hands to the good work and they arose. It's his house, but it's his home. Vision builders creates a future for our children, for our God, for the ministry to do what God's called us to do. Vision Builders is about opening a door for all those people in the shopping center that need Jesus. If we were to be down at the shopping center, we could open the door there and then to them. But if we were to invite them to the local church and say, hey, just come. Don't come to a program. Don't come to a a fancy preach. Come to the presence of God. Just come. Just come into the presence of God and feel it for yourself. Don't don't try and argue with them. Just, Just say, just feel it for yourself. Deuteronomy 15 verse 10 says, Give generously to Him and do so without grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Deuteronomy 16 verse 17 says, Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. 1 Chronicles 29 9. Then the people rejoiced because they had offered so willingly, for they made their offerings to the Lord with a whole heart. And King David also rejoiced greatly. You know the scripture in Luke 6 38. Give and it will be given to you. They will, it, 
they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. The people that we see connect with God in building the house through the tithes and the offerings. We see these people blessed. The whole world agrees that the people that give to God seemingly have the supernatural favor of God upon their life, on their social life, their emotional life, their physical life, their financial life. God is a God that blesses us in all ways. Um, This statement might come up. C3 Church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. It's not about equal giving, but equal sacrifice. I must put this in because we see people who say, man, I'm seeing that, I'm feeling that. I want to give to Vision Builders. And even this morning, you've got your Vision Builders pledge ready to give. But can I say this? I've, and, and here's another stat. C3 Church have a high stat for pledges being completed. This year, we've had, I think about, I think about 85%, I could be wrong, about 85% of the pledges fulfilled, which is astronomical, to be honest. But you know what? Nehemiah started to build the wall, and I think it was he got about 26 days into it, and the people became discouraged. And so if you look at the story of Nehemiah, although the wall took only 52 days to complete, which was a supernatural effort anyway, the people became discouraged at the halfway point. Just 26 days into the project, Nehemiah had to renew their vision. That's why every year we do vision builders. Every year to renew the vision. Nehemiah rallied the people back to work by reorganizing the project and recasting the vision. He reminded them of the importance of their work and reassured them that God would help them fulfill His purpose. Nehemiah chapter 4, 6 to 15. And uh, I've got this statement here. You've got to do that too. It's amazing how quickly human beings and churches lose their sense of purpose and vision. Vision casting is not a task you do once and then forget about it. You must continually clarify and communicate the vision of your church. This is the one responsibility of the leadership. Jesse Oldfield, are you here at the moment? Is Ken, I wonder, Jesse, could you just come out here for a moment? And uh, we have some people here uh, want to give figures. Maybe it's 5000 a year, 10000 a year, but maybe it's 2000 a year. And um, they've made a pledge out even years previous, but they've never been able to fulfill it. They've said, look, with all my heart, I want to pledge. I want to pledge 2000 5000 10000 But you know what? I've left it late. Now it's hard to catch up. What's the best? You, you weren't here last Sunday morning. Um, you were I'm running. I'm scared. I don't know. You were. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right. You right. were running. She doesn't even know what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> so, you were running last week. Yeah. When I got home, I said, "How was your run?" I said, "How far did you run?" You said, "12 k's." 12 k's. In how long? 73 minutes. 73 minutes. But help me. You run, but you never run that far, do you? You no, never run no, that I'm far. Not a long, no. You went into some marathon, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So then I said, How did you run that far? And you, 
how far, what did you come in that race out of? Um, I did look it up. No, it was, it was 3,000 people and I came 844. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't 3, run 3,000 people, she came eight, uh, 800. I didn't run as far as That's Tash right. Rowland did the 21K. That's, huh? Tash Rowland did the 21K, the half marathon. Oh, my God. I know, she I feel up. like I shouldn't even be up here right yeah, now. Yeah, she but should be. You, I, I'm trying to... I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to help, because I just spoke about yeah. Nehemiah, how people got halfway through that 52 days, 26 days they got into it, and then they started to drop the ball. Then they started to stop building and giving. So how did you finish your race? Uh, and I think it can be, when you explained it to me, I think it yeah. can be applied to giving. So how did you do it? Um, I count steps. <laughs> you count steps. <laughs> Literally counted about 10, 11,000 steps. Because right. I... Like, I'm not a long-distance runner, so... Can you give us a demonstration how you did it? Uh, no, I'm not... <laughs> so... I'm not a long-distance runner, so I need mini goals. Like, I can't... My goal isn't the finish line all the time. I need my mini goals, so... So you didn't think, I've got to run 12 Ks? No, I, I, just, run 12Ks. I just had to I think, think I've got to run 1,000 steps. If I can run 1,000 without stopping... And then I'd go, oh, that was all right. And I'd just run the next thousand without stopping. And then I was like, well, that's not too bad. And just keep, if I just got to that next thousand, um, just mini goals. I needed mini, mini goals. goals. So how do you complete your vision builders? Uh, in the same fashion, maybe? Yeah, just like that. So, so I don't do one yeah. big pledge at the start. I space it out over the year. Yeah, so sure. Increments, mini yeah. goals. You, you actually, you put it in, don't you? you? Yeah, every week, yeah. Automatic, not automatic, but you put it in. Yeah. So Electronic. I get paid, do my tithes, do my vision builders. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's great, darling. Awesome. I, I think before I let um, Jilly up, the, the best thing you can do if you do pledge an amount, start straight away. Start it straight away and give incrementally and automatic debit maybe if if you if you struggle if depending on the weather if you depend on the weather to come to church and to give and stuff you would definitely be better off um yeah doing that but if you're disciplined and when you you get your monies in uh, you can give by electronic banking that's awesome or if you're very disciplined you bring it into the house and you give like that so if you can do that but fulfill the pledge the bible talks about fulfilling a pledge, fulfilling a vow. The Bible talks very explicitly about that. Let's be honest this morning, but let's be faith-filled. Let's really believe that we can. Now, what's our figure? Um, years previous, we've raised 160,000. Um, 160, and I think we raised 170 this year. We've got more people this year. I'm going to believe for a respectable figure of 180,000. That's not been too outlandish. That's been quite respectable. But I'm believing, because what we want to do is put a mezzanine in, finish the car park, and, uh, and we want to begin to fulfill so much more in our missions department and, uh, and, and, and do so much more. So let, let's just agree with that before I let Jilly up. Father God, we believe this morning, Lord God, that we can do all things through your son Jesus, Christ Jesus. Lord, this is... This is how we've built your house. This is your house. And if we join with you 
you give us the anointing, you give us the favor, you give us the resources to build your church and to give to these worthy causes. Father, I just feel in myself, I can't. I just feel I'm inhibited and, and lacking. But Lord, you said by faith, if we believe, and believe is a, is a doing word, it's a verb. And if we believe and if we follow you and, and abide in your presence and, 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 and hang out in your will, in your word, in your spirit, that Lord God, that you will give us confidence, that you will give us a spirit of faith to arise and to build, to reach out to the lost and hurting and to, to give of our substance, to give, Lord God, to build your local church. So this morning, Lord, I, I just pray faith would arise in our hearts. Faith would arise in our hearts and that the Holy Spirit would just bless us to believe that we can join with you and build your church by giving to the vision builders. Lord, we're believing for a figure, 180,000. We believe it's not a ridiculous figure, but it's a, a figure that can be done. We're a bigger church. We have greater capacity. We believe that this is achievable. This is reachable. This is a goal that we have. Dreams without goals is just that, dreams. And in Jesus' name, I release you right now to join with Christ, the cause of Christ, to join with this church and to give to this church. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.